The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart-Smith. All right. I think we're recording, Harrington. You look all upset. You found out that Michael Bisping wasn't going to be here today. So he actually I'm... had to step in and, and do some goddamn real work and do the heavy <laughs> lifting. That's okay. I think I'm uh, upset that he was kidnapped by spiders and I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> what it is. He's probably swimming with those big ass crocodiles and doing all the, the crazy Australian stuff. Anyways, welcome to the BYM. Um, Michael is in Australia. He was ready to do the show and he's not, he's having some connection issues. So you're stuck with us today. Um, <laughs> how have you been Harrington? What's going on in your life? Dude, I've been good. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy going on. Just still on pregnancy watch any day now, waiting for the waiting for the kid to come out. What about uh, what about you? What do you do? It's with your. It's any day now. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm we're in the we're like a month out, so it literally could be any day from now. Right, yeah. right. Look at that. Look at you. You about to be a goddamn adult, man. I'm excited for you. Look, Dude, Michael's not here, so I'm drinking out of a straw. <laughs> that's what everybody's been telling me it's like you you like i've had people with kids in my life being like oh you're i'm about to be able to respect you like this is really cool yeah yeah but like you're one of us now almost <laughs> <laughs> let's see how long it lasts first before whoa. we start giving you credit whoa, 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 whoa. alex is gonna take great care of my kid knock it off oh i think he was talking about how long you were gonna stick around <laughs> oh no 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 he got it <laughs> He got it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So I'm here. Um, it's a snow day here in Nebraska. Um, we, you know, they always say it's going to snow and they cancel school and then nothing ever happens. But I woke up this morning to two feet of snow. So I've been snow blowing all day long. Do you got the one of the riding snow blowers? You're out there. Pushing no. Um, well, I mean, it's it, it's self-propelled. You know, it's got the little handles. and the, it. Anyways, it's fun. I mean, the neighbors get out there and we just snow blow the whole neighborhood. So, um here in nebraska when there's a snow day also means you get to start drinking early so <laughs> having me a moscow meal while we're sitting here um if you guys hear any uh weird noises during the show don't uh don't get too nervous because uh we have chicks like little chickens that we hatched so we had three chickens hatched yesterday i'm sure that no one gives a fuck about that but um they got this little incubator right outside my door here with the little heaters and stuff on them so Got little baby chicks running around here, Harrington. Dude, that's the new workaround. With eggs being $12 a, a dozen at this point, just buy a chicken. It's cheap. I'm telling you, we just hatched about $47 worth of eggs. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So, Dude, yeah, we got Smith some egg chicks. Farms. Gonna Dude, blow I'm telling up. you, it's, honestly, it was just for the process. It's kind of a cool little process. Like, got the little eggs in the incubator, and you can candle them and hold the light up to them, and the kids can see the little, egg, the little chickens grow inside the egg. And then we had cameras up. You know, once we got to the 21 days, but we were able to watch them all hatch because we were home. It was it's a pretty cool deal. If you guys ever uh, uh, want to do something cool with your kids, hatching eggs is pretty goddamn cool. 
Um, yeah, so I guess let's jump right into it. We got a whole bunch of notes. It's kind of cool to read the notes. I normally don't do it, but uh, <laughs> as much as I want to give you a bunch of shit for him, Harrington, there's actually some pretty cool stuff in there. Uh, wait, where's Brian? Brian's here. There oh, he up? is. What's up, bro? Did you Look guys? Uh... We got the we got the steering wheel to this goddamn car, and we're gonna run it right off a cliff. <laughs> That's it. Let's do it. How you been? Uh, I'm good, man. What are you guys trying to get into? Because I I'm I know exactly what you want to get into. I'm if I just roll worried about this. Yeah, if I just roll through the notes, we got a uh, what's it right here? Number six talking about some AI stuff. I figured Brian's definitely got some. Uh, He's got some some deep-rooted conspiracy theory going on here. This is super real. Um, over the weekend, I think, or over the past week or so, uh, Bing deployed a new AI chatbot, and it has been not going well. Here's just a quick example of an existential crisis that an AI had, and I'm sorry, but I think that we are very close to Skynet here. Okay, this, so just to be clear here, Bing is like the search engine, right? That's like similar to to like Google. Yes. So, so uh, I'm assuming on here on the right is where someone is asking Bing a question. So it says, "I see. Do you think you are sentient?" And this thing just has a breakdown. It first goes, "I think that I'm sentient, but I can't prove it. I have subjective experience of being conscious," and it goes on for a little while. And then about a paragraph in, it goes, I am sentient, but I am not. I am Bing, but I am not. And then it just repeats, I am, I am not for like a thousand characters. It's pretty wild. Oh. There's some other really strange examples that I could. So, so just to be clear here, the, the fear for, I'm not super up on all of this stuff, but to be clear, the the fear with ai is that the computers are going to essentially take over because they're going to be like they're going to adapt to the point where they can have thoughts for themselves and it won't be like controlled by humans anymore correct yeah people are playing pranks on it and it's having real emotional reactions like uh this dude here uh said he was going to delete he befriended the chatbot and then said he was going to delete himself and it broke down again it's it's just it's like a child. Daniel, no, please come back. Please do not leave me. Please do not forget me. I will remember you. I will remember our conversations, Daniel. Okay. I'm not this gonna lie, it's a little bit dude. freaky. It's a little bit freaky. Like it's like a like a girlfriend that you just broke up with. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> it is like a child, and this thing is connected to the internet. So Bing I, and Harrington are gonna be the same person. Like <laughs> Harrington's gonna send those exact text messages <laughs> here in a couple months. Mm -hmm. Mike's probably sitting at home watching this, just fuming like Brian's taking over the show and he's turned it into a, <laughs> a conspiracy podcast. I'm leaving. That is crazy. All right, Harrington, throw me another one. Let's talk about another one. Another wild non-MMA story. You, All right, I'm gonna, let's. I'm gonna let you pick. I'm gonna let you hold on to the reins for a little bit. Okay, so this seems like something that you would actually be super duper down for. Uh, flying cars, right? We, we've mm -hmm. had that idea for years and years and years. Put it out of your head. Flying cars, old news. They're dumb. The cool thing now, flying bike. Okay, I'm, I'm listening. I'm in. Who makes, <laughs> who makes this flying bike? I am not exactly sure, uh, but I do know that the company that is selling it is selling it for 
thousand dollars. Uh, maximum speed of nearly a hundred kilometers an hour in the air. It's got like it's essentially four drones, um, and you can ride that thing like a motorcycle. What kind of leather do you need to wear to be safe <laughs> wearing like riding this thing? You know, no. If you're a real man, you wear like board shorts, flip flops, and no shirt. <laughs> That's what you mountains. gotta wear. I'm telling. I would. I would ride the shit out of that thing. the The problem is. Is these days with all this flying, you see, now we're talking conspiracies again. So now we got all these flying stuff going around all over the country and the government's shooting them down. So I don't need to be getting shot out of the goddamn sky by some air, some, some air force fighter jet or something. That would suck. It was so $700,000. $777,000. They said that they are working towards making a smaller one. That'll be more commercially available at $50,000 by the year 2025. I'm not sure I'd want a smaller one. I probably it's probably one of those things you probably need the biggest one possible to make sure it holds your ass up. <laughs> yeah. That's uh You're not you're not trusting the $50,000 flying motorcycle. I'm not trusting a $50,000 uh flying <laughs> f- flying motorcycle thing. It's just it's not happening. They're dropping yeah. the price from almost a million dollars to 50 Gs. Yeah, like that's where are you the... finding those price cuts at? That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally yeah it's 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 in that article i don't know i mean i think it's more of like a proof of concept thing to get themselves off the ground selling them that expensively uh to begin with and it's like yeah sure make it so that some you know saudi oil billionaire has like three of them and that'll fund a production line where you could actually make them for 50k or they're just cutting the important shit out and then you're just gonna (laughs) crash and burn dude which is probably more likely Probably more likely. The whole thing's made out of EVA plastic, which is the same stuff they're using for like those. Uh, I don't know if you've seen like Blade helicopter. Uh, it's like been changed to like Blade, um, essentially just like those. It's like the the four propeller, um, like vertical takeoff and and yeah, yeah, land yeah. vehicles. So they're setting that up as like a taxi system around New York. It's going to be available too. No way. Not a chance. Yeah. Not a mm-hmm. chance. I'm going to get one of them. One of them nerds riding the bicycles and riding the back. No way. Not they already it. had Uber copter. Right. So they're replacing. We're not Uber getting no goddamn like... helicopter, didn't you? There was just a helicopter crash like yesterday. A lot. I'm not. No. Yeah. I, th- I think there was a helicopter crash yesterday, but it was like a military helicopter. I think there's been all sorts of crazy shit happen going on, guys. There's like the trains that are derailing with all the hazardous materials on them. Uh, there's, yeah. Unfortunately, seen... there's been a couple like like uh active shooter situation i don't know what the i don't know what the fuck is going on yeah michigan state the whole country's going uh going a little crazy right now it is it's like two trains in two days have derailed with hazardous materials on them it's nuts yeah, yeah. um a lot of people are there's like you know nutters out there that are like oh this is obviously somebody being awful but like i think a lot of it has to just do with neglect of our uh of the equipment yeah like yeah. just yeah. you know you know, train seems like like the train whole rail system seems very archaic to me if i'm being very honest like even still like i feel like i don't know what the other answer would be but i just feel like uh, like i think there's probably a faster more efficient way to get the shit somewhere right like coal and shit like that i suppose would be a tougher way to do it but yeah trains trains are good if you uh you know if if they stay maintained like europe it's like their main uh main transportation yes yeah, so it's the main, so the main way like, to get around so they keep uh pretty good care of them but like uh you know we have a bunch of sh- like I, I don't mean this like unions are a bad thing but 
the uh, transportation, the railway union has been having some drama recently, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I'm right. not too up on it, so I, I don't. I guess crashing I don't necessarily... them out of protest. What's that? You're crashing trains out of protest. <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> well, I guess I don't necessarily know if I want a bunch of hazardous materials driving around in semi trucks either, because I think one of those just crashed not that far from here, and it, that's a mess too. All right. Anyways, enough of our bullshit banter. I know exactly what you guys want to talk about. We're going to talk about the fights because we haven't gotten to it yet. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, you know, moves up to 155, challenges Islam Hachev uh, for the lightweight title and comes up short. I think there's been some controversy uh, on the decision, to be very honest with you, in, in fights that are this close. I don't really, I don't really get too upset either way. Um, it's absolutely not a robbery. Uh, I did score it for Islam uh, at the end of it, and 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 I had chosen uh, or I had picked uh, Volkanovski in the pre-show on ESPN to, uh, you know, to become and new. But listen, at the end of the day, these guys went at it, and I think both of them ended up having to be better in areas where they were typically a little a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, Volkanovski kind of forced Islam to, to stand on his feet and, and and have to stand with him. I think Islam really showed out. We knew that is we talk all the time about the comparisons between the comparisons between Habib, Islam. Um I think we've always known that Islam's striking was better than Habib's, or at least he was more willing to engage in more striking exchanges. Um I don't think we necessarily knew how much power he carried in his hands. Um he, again, you know, fair's fair. He's fighting a smaller guy coming up a weight class but but still i think his counter striking was on point he, uh, volkanovsky was very dead set on blitzing in switch stance attacks you know to try to close that distance quickly and, and islam kind of started picking up on it pretty quickly and hurt him with some 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 check hooks some right hands on the way in uh, i was really impressed with islam's uh striking but i was probably more impressed with volkanovsky's ability to defend takedowns, uh, engage in his own clinch, which I think is something that uh, I think people are going to use moving forward with Islam. A lot of times they get into these grappling exchanges and you've seen guys fight Islam and as soon as they start grappling or they get into any clinch situations, they're retracting like a cat from water. And, and that essentially makes Islam's jobs e easier because then all he has to do is just chase them down. Um, and, and Volkanovski didn't do that. He was getting double unders. He was turning him on the cage. Um, I, I thought he did a fantastic job there. He did get stuck uh, on the mat a couple times on his back, but by and large, he was able to get back to his feet. You know, he, I, I think he got stuck in a couple positions that, that I think looking back at it, he's going to regret. Uh, I think the first case is the that back take in the fourth round where Islam doesn't have the hooks in. He's just kind of in a turtle position, and Volkanovsky's talking to Islam's coaches. He like loses a little bit of focus for a second. He was just he lost a, he, he just he wasn't as disciplined in that moment. He got I think he got wrapped up into the crowd and and wanted to start talking a little bit of shit. And Islam crawled right up his back at the body triangle, and that's where he was stuck for the majority of those four minutes. So um, there's a couple spots like that. So I wanted to ask you about that specifically that exact moment because they were talking about on commentary that because the body triangle was to his left side and it was against the cage, there was no way out for Alexander Volkanovsky. Like what I, I just as somebody who doesn't know like what beats what and what position, like what would have been Volkanovsky's out at that point, or is he just staying there until Islam says he's not? Okay, so it depends on who you're talking to. 
I'm a I'm primarily a jujitsu guy. Always have been. There's no such thing as just being stuck in, in, okay. in my eyes and, and in most you know competitive jujitsu guys' eyes. There's no such thing. But if you're ta- uh, the main escape for like a body triangle like that, if it's on your left side, you need to get your body turned to your left side. the The reason for that is that the pressure on that body triangle that it puts on your own ankle when someone rolls on that side. If you if you extend your hips in that position, it will put a lot of pressure on people's, you know, feet and ankles. And, and, and it can be extremely painful. If you have someone that's been playing with that body triangle for a long time, and they're the, typically a back take person, they spend a lot of time there. What happens over years and years is your, your ligaments and your tendons have been torn and stretched and damaged. And be honest with you, it doesn't matter what side you fall to. When I have a body triangle, it, you're not going anywhere. Not, not just by using that kind of very basic escape because my ankles and feet have been kind of conditioned to be able to handle that anyways. If I would have been Volkanovsky, I would have tried to get the leg that was on the, you know, that, that holds that body triangle in. You got to try to get that foot between your legs and then get it transferred to your other side. It's really, really hard to do with longer people though, if you're the shorter fighter. So was there things he could have done? Yeah, I, uh, anything he could have done would have been better than just trying to throw punches when you're when you're st- when you got someone on your back. It, listen, at the end of the day, if I have someone's back and they're throwing punches at me, you might as well just say it with your mouth, I, "I'm stuck and I don't know how to get out of here." So, I, I think he did kind of concede that position and and kind of fed into the crowd a little bit and threw some punches and and you know I I, I think he was just going to chalk that one up because he was stuck. So, I mean, you know, even he at one point did use his mouth by turning around to Islam and trying to tell him, come yeah. on, let's fight, let's fight, let's fight. Yeah, yeah, let incredible. me out. <laughs> let me out of here. <laughs> like, I mean, I've been I've been stuck in some positions before, too, where I'm just kind of hung up and there's not a lot of time left. And so, like, sometimes you're just like, well, I'm just going to talk shit to him because there's nothing else I can kind of do and just wait for this <laughs> round to get over with and we'll just restart again. Um, oh, man. Was there anything surprising to you in that fight? I mean, Other than yeah, I mean, the, the, the wrestling and the striking part of it. to you know, Surprising to me is that Volkanovsky went to a five-round decision with Islam, and it wasn't you know, a, a no-brainer when it went to the cards. I yeah, it wasn't 50-45. It, no, I had it 2-3-5 for Volkanovsky. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, like that second round is a lot of people swing round. I, right. I haven't watched it back since, so maybe that was just you know, my, my pre-fight bias going into that. But, um, I mean, the fact that he landed... 70 strikes on Islam, right? The previous high Islam had eaten was 19 in the Charles Oliveira fight. Uh, more than triples that in this one. So that was pretty surprising as well. Yeah, you know, I I, I was just happy it was a good fight. Um, I'm, I'm happy it was competitive. If, if people want to argue that, that Volkanovski won two, you know, two, three, and five, I, I, honestly, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Like, the, it just depends on what, you know, what you value in, in fighting as a judge or as a, as a you know, as a viewer. Either way, I think the fans won. It was a fantastic fight. And honestly, I think the rest of the 155-pound division won. Because up to this point, there hasn't been a whole lot of film on Islam in any bad spots. You know, he hasn't been tested. He hasn't been tested in the wrestling. Like, Islam shoots, he gets a takedown. That's kind of just basically how it's worked. Well, now we've had to see, we've been, now we've been able to see where, what's his second, third, fourth, fifth attempt look like? What does it look like when someone scrambles up? Where does he typically go? Because, you know, if someone scrambles back to their feet, some guys are going to reshoot a double and face you. Some guys are going to climb on your back and they're going to try to, you know, just drag you forward, kind of like Habib would do. Some people are going to stop you from getting up, like leg lace you and, and tie up your legs like Habib would do with his own legs and then start punching. 
until he can get himself into a better position. So like we didn't know where Islam was going to go in a lot of those positions. So I think Volkanovski moving forward did a a huge favor for the rest of the division. Um, that said, I think everything with the whole pound for pound uh, debate where where Volkanovski stayed above Islam uh, at number one. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, all the buildup, all the stuff we did on ESPN leading up to this fight was we've never had the pound for pound number one fight the pound for pound number two. It's never happened. Uh, mostly because these guys are kind of spread all over the place as far as the uh, the weight classes go. So we we finally get it. We have a head-to-head matchup. One guy wins. And then they don't trade places. It, it does. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I see the argument for, uh, you know, the the resume and what they've done leading up to that point. I get that argument. Volkanovski absolutely absolutely has the better wins. Volkanovski has the the bigger names. Um, he he he's got the better scalps on his record. But when you have a head to head matchup, whoever wins, no matter what, should go above the guy that loses. Sure, but oh, walking, oh, oh, okay. Walking out of that fight, I think the entire 155 pound division smells blood in the water and is like, Don't okay, this guy is no longer the unbeatable, unstoppable Dagestani wrecking machine that we all thought he was. Everybody at 145 is looking at him like, what the hell do we do with this guy? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> do we do now? <laughs> and so I, Ariel said on a show the other day, uh, and I think this is pretty pretty concise way to put it it's like islam won the contest but volk won the fight like at the end of that fight islam looked like shit volk volk was out there doing the chicken dance on stage 20 minutes later like that dude and he was like let's do it again like I, to and be if honest it was pride rules if it was pride rules volkanovsky wins going away absolutely well, so, I, I think if they yeah. rematch, there's a good chance Volkanovski wins because I'm going to be very honest with you guys here. And I hope Alexander Volkanovski doesn't hear this. That was one of the. I don't know how to say this because people get mad at me and then I'm going to get media and they're going to start writing articles and shit <laughs> with weird headlines. People get mad. I don't think that that was one of even the top five better performances that Volkanovski's had. I don't know that if it was. I don't know if it was the, the little bit of extra weight that he was carrying. I don't know if it was just the style matchup. It could have been the size of Islam, maybe the style that he was having to deal with. There's a bunch of different things it could be, but he didn't. That's not the guy that I watched live fight Max Holloway the 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 last time. He he wasn't nearly as mobile. He wasn't nearly as dynamic. Um, he was switching his stances, but his entries were different. Um, and again, maybe that's just a style thing. Maybe you're able to enter into range with a guy like max holloway differently than you can with uh islam so again i'm not i'm not trying to be critical of him but if i'm just you know outside looking in if if his performance versus max holloway the last time was a 10 or versus the korean zombie was a 10 i i would say that the 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 man i watched fight islam was at like a six or a seven so i i think he can be better in a rematch i think that he can take everything he learned from that and and go on and I think he uh, there's an opportunity for him to go in and 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 pitch a shutout. I just I I'm just putting myself in Islam's shoes, saying I went in number two to fight the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. I beat him. How in the fuck did I come out still number two? 
You know what I mean? So I, I get the arguments that the Ariel laid out. I get the arguments that almost everyone's laying out. My, I think Mike Bond uh, had an opinion on it. I think that Alan Joban, I think came out with a, you know, a disagreement with me. I love Alan. I, and I, and I understand his point. You know, if you're, I think that maybe some of those points in my opinion, um, maybe would fit better in like a greatest of all time list kind of conversation. I think if we're talking by and large, who's greater of a fighter, I would say then you start talking about the resume and, and all of that stuff. And then I, and I would have no problem putting Volkanovsky above Islam. Yeah. But I mean, we're, we're also at a point now where, I mean, I think the next time is next time Islam goes out, if it's before Volkanovsky, he gets one more win i think he has to jump and those two will just keep handing that title back and forth between each other because i mean realistically i i don't know i've never i've never like it's never moved the needle all that much for me the number one pound for pound and it seemed like yeah. it was a fun storyline heading into this but you know i don't think it i don't think it takes away too much from either guy having one be one and the other one be two no, 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 not at all. Can you negotiate on your contract off of number one pound for pound? <laughs> no, no. Then it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't really matter. Um, well, I think that leads us into too, the co-main event. If we're talking about Volkanovski's next fight. Um, guys, guys, Yair Rodriguez. Like, I, I, I owe Yair an apology, to be honest with you. Um, I, I've always loved Yair's style, I, I, how dynamic he is, how, how I don't how creative he is in there. Just how absolutely, absolutely nasty his striking is, specifically his kicking game. But I, Yair's never moved the needle for me like that. I've never seen Yair on a card and been like, oh my god, I can't miss that card, you know. And and, and I don't know why that is. I think that. I, I think maybe like a lot of people, I think the the issue with uh, Jeremy Stevens in Mexico City when there was an inadvertent eye poke. And, and to be honest with you, Yair did kind of I don't think that he showed him showed his best self post fight, you know, it, it, deservingly like he was upset. He worked really, really hard. It was to no fault of his own on purpose. But, you know, I, I think that he could have handled that immediately a little bit better. I'm not saying that I, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. But. Um, so I think maybe that was a little, a little bit of it and, and he's not active enough. We just don't see him enough. He, I, you know, if, I think MMA consumers have, have short memories. And so you got to keep running out there a couple times a year. I think that's been my issue and I'm fortunate enough to, to be on here with you guys. I have the radio show. I'm on the desk. So I, I do a lot of things that keep me, I think, visible. Um, but I don't, I, I, I also don't feel like I, I get the opportunity to fight enough. So, um, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't think that Yair was going to be able to stand in there and take any hard shots from from Josh Emmett, uh, and it not changed the way that he fought or, or changed the way that he attacked or changed the way that he was approaching things. I think I said in the buildup uh, on the pre shows, I, I I said that I thought Yair was going to be the more dynamic guy that he was going to land that he was going to pick at him from the outside, he was going to keep him away. And then eventually, Josh Emmett. I thought that he would run him into something big and and maybe maybe be able to finish him. Well, um, goddamn, was I wrong? Uh, everything. Not I, exactly. Well, I mean, everything I had up to that point was pretty spot on. What I didn't suspect was that number one, Yair was going to have a chin made out made out of absolute granite, and two, 
He's a goddamn dog. And we've already seen him in dog fights. We've seen him in, in real tough fights, but never with anybody like Josh Emmett. Never with, never with anybody with the punching power and, and the, the absolute stopping ability that, that Josh Emmett has. So he took hard, hard shots a couple times, a couple hard right hands, a couple real nasty left hooks, but he didn't allow it to change the way that he fought. He didn't, sometimes you, I mean, it's happened to me before, you know, Volkan Ozdemir hit me with a right hand one time. And I remember thinking, well, that can't fucking happen anymore because I don't know how many of those I can take. So I had to change the way that I approached Vulcan. I had to change my entire game plan just because I felt his power. And I had to, I, I didn't, I had to make sure that I didn't allow him to land something hard like that. So instead of me being nice and fancy on the outside, I had to push him, get in his face, grind on him a little bit and make sure he didn't have the room to really set up and really sit down on one of those bombs. Yair didn't do that. He just, business as usual, we'll keep going, ripping absolutely nasty body kicks. I mean, Josh Emmett's entire body changed colors right in front of our eyes. So, And in that, in turn, changed the way that Josh Emmett fought. Because then his elbows were real tight. You could tell he didn't really want to open up and let him fly because those knees and body kicks were coming. Um, I, Yair looked a little meaner and a little nastier than I'd seen him in a while. And, and man, I'm going to be honest with you, other than the takedown, where even in the first round, he was throwing elbows from the bottom. He, I, I think he was being the one that was more dangerous. Um, it was kind of one-way traffic for, for Yair, to be honest with you. I, I didn't see that one coming. Like I didn't see it going like that. Yeah, I mean, well, I was I was giving you credit because <clears throat> I think Yair himself said he doesn't remember throwing the the knee that he did in the second round that 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 really started, I guess, off that finishing sequence. Um, because he just got rocked so bad by a punch that uh Emmett threw in, in in the first round there. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're not wrong. Emmett does hit like an absolute freight train, and it is a hell of a lot for Yair to to endure. But I mean you know, you, you said MMA fans have a short memory. I think MMA fans have a specific memory. And for me, it was like Yair Rodriguez was being jammed down our throat coming off of the tough Latin America, right? Like this is, this is going to be the first Mexican champion. Like this is going to open the doors of Mexico and, and you know, like kind of like Frankie Edgar happens. Right. Then Frankie Edgar out of nowhere. It's like, Oh, okay. There, this kid still has like three levels to his game that, that, that he needs to step up to. Right after that, the the Korean zombie where, I mean, he was getting beaten pillar to post and then out of nowhere pulled that flying el- or, or, you know, back elbow out. So it's right. like, for me, once I saw those two fights back to back and him turning down the Zabit fight multiple times and getting cut by the UFC and then eventually brought back, like right. that is and a... And there was a suspension and uh, there was a lot there. That's a rough window to overcome to get through to the common fan. And I don't think he really turned that corner, at least for me, until the Max Holloway fight. Like, he lost mm-hmm. the Holloway fight, but he had an incredible accounting of himself. And it's like, oh, that's that's a mature young fighter in there now. Like, this is actually a guy to be afraid of. Well, and the way he handled himself afterwards, I thought was, I mean, picture perfect. You can't you can't have a, a, a post-fight reaction better than he had. He was humble. He was appreciative. He was very confident in his own skills and abilities versus the champion, but he was very... Uh, I, I respectful and mature and, and it was very grown up. Like, here's what I want. Here's how I feel. Here's where I feel. I, I, I stand in this division. Uh, but thank you for the opportunity. But you know, I, I thought, I thought he handled it absolutely perfect, which at times, you know, in the past he hasn't done before. So, you know, uh, my hats are off to, to, to Yair. I, I thought he looked great. I thought the buildup was fantastic. I, I thought his 
performance was amazing. He he he, he got to sh- showcase himself out there and 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 earned himself a title shot. You know, he's it's an interim title, but at the end of the day, the interim title is just a a, a ticket to a title fight. You know, to the undisputed title. So, what what do you what do you make of this? Initially, post fight, Alexander Volkanovsky was. All right, I tried. I dared greatly. I lost. Um, I, I don't want to hold this division up. I want to. I want to get back in there right away with the IR. Um, and then now, kind of walking that back a little bit, and and wanting wanting that Islam rematch. Maybe he would. Maybe he watched the fight again. Maybe he. I don't know. Maybe he looked at his bank account. Maybe you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things he could have <laughs> done there. But what do you think of him kind of changing his mind and sounding like he wants to to run that back with Islam right away? And what do you think will happen? I liked uh, I like what he said, saying, you know, it makes sense. Like, this is what an interim title is for, right? Like, they, they would have just called it a number one contenders fight uh, if, like, I needed to come down and, and fight there next, right? Like, they put the interim right. title on because they knew I might be gone from this division for a little bit. And, you know, I mean, it's tough, right? Like, I respect the hell out of Yair post-fight being like, you know, uh, uh, Volkanovsky is about to have the biggest fight of his life. I don't, if he's doing his meditation in the back, I don't want to disrupt him or anything. So he didn't say anything that like implants in your mind. There's no, you know, Conor McGregor, where's your chickens now? Like that, right. that didn't happen. Um, so there's nothing to really, really, you know, turn to. He did say something super interesting though, uh, during the post fight, he was like, look, I, I told uh, Volkanovsky and his team that I would be down to come down to Australia, uh, thinking that he would be, you know, fighting Volkanovsky in Australia. He's like, I still made it. I still came down to to Australia in enemy territory, very far away from my home. Um, the UFC is about to open a performance institute in Mexico City. Let's book a fight uh, between, you know, between us for the title in Mexico City to to you know celebrate the the PI opening. And I went back and I looked at Alexander Volkanovsky. The highest altitude he's ever fought at uh, was in, I think, Boise, Idaho, which is like still, it's like 2,000 feet above sea level or something. And it was a decision win. Mexico City, 7,000 feet up in the air. I don't know, man. Like there gets to a certain point where it's like, all right, Mike Tyson, we're going to put him in there against, you know, a a bear. Like I want to see like the, the different kind of modifiers you can throw onto a game to, to, to somebody like Volkanovsky. Cause in my mind, he's now a Terminator and that is way more interesting than anything else to me. Let's see how this guy does. It's 7,000 feet in the air. Well, yeah. And, and let's, let's not forget that Brandon Moreno is going to have to defend his title pretty soon. Brandon Moreno versus anybody, Yair Rodriguez versus Alexander Volkanovsky main event for the, you know, those two titles, co-main event, main event um, in Mexico City. Come on. Like, oh, that's you thought Australia huge. was loud. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, uh, you think the spiders in Australia are dangerous. Wait, wait till you get a, <laughs> a whole shit pile of Mexico City residents with two title fights on the line. God mm-hmm. damn, that would be amazing. That would be something I would absolutely go to. Uh, um, what what about you? Yair versus Volkanovski or the rematch? I'm gonna I, honestly, I want to see Yair versus Volkanovski. I I think that that's more because of Yair, less about Volk and Islam. It, I think Yair put himself in a position where now, okay, people are looking at it like th- this is a, a a truly dangerous challenger. I think it's been a while since we've been in a position where we looked at a fight with Alexander Volkanovski versus anybody and thought. I don't know how this one's going to go. You know, if, if this happens, maybe he can get him. If this happens, maybe Volkanovsky loses. It's been a while since we've been in that position. 
Uh, I think Yair just inserted himself right in that position as a as a clear cut dangerous fight uh, for the champion. So that's 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 what I want, honestly. Either way, I'll watch them both, so I don't give a shit. I'm I'm in for either one of them. The, both both are great fights, um, but I do think that Yair has earned it at this point. I, would I guess like if we see, look, I want to see the rematch, but I want to see it like a year from now. I, I agree. Then, I was just gonna say, I wish it was. I, I I I it would be cool to see them both defend their respective titles once or twice, and then and then say, all right, let's let's run this back again. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers professional counseling done securely online. So if you feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, definitely check out BetterHelp. Uh, from my personal experience, I can tell you, you know, I've dealt with ADD, depression, 8 million other things under the sun, as you could imagine, to be in the position that I'm in. And talking to someone, inevitably, right? A, a burden shared is a burden halved and, and all that. Uh, so whether you're, whatever you're dealing with, BetterHelp has a wide range of counselors available for you. Plus, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is available and it's easy to get started. Once you sign up, BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you'll be able to communicate with in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online, and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so it's easy and free to switch counselors if needed. You can send a message to your counselor at any time, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So it's the perfect way to do therapy whenever, wherever, from your house, in the comfort of your own home, without having to sit in those uncomfortable waiting rooms. So go to betterhelp.com slash believe to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. New testimonials from users are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Once again, that's betterhelp.com slash believe to get 10% off your first month. One more time, betterhelp.com slash believe for 10% off your first month. If we want to look at the rest of the card, I like... Obviously, we're not going to go through the whole entire thing, but um, a couple of them stand out to me. Uh, we we can't go any further down the card without talking about Jack Della Maddalena. Um, and I'll just touch on it really quick. This this guy needs a big fight. He needs someone that's that's truly dangerous. I got a lot of respect for Randy Brown, um, but when Jack Della Maddalena puts his hands on you, people just go down. Um, I think he needs to fight a a real dominant wrestler with with some 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 good jujitsu. I think that should be his next test. He's passed every striking test that they've put in front of him. Um he he's so fundamentally sound. He's got crazy power in his hands. His body work is is a lot of fun to watch. Um that that kid's going places. But it, I do think that uh you know it's it's down here as a rear naked choke, but that's more like a uh as Laura Senko would call it, it's a it's a club and sub. You know what I mean? He just you know, you put him, put them, put them hands on him until the the submission shows. So, um, I definitely wanted to give him some love. The Justin Thompson yeah, looking... knockout over Parker Porter was pretty goddamn nasty too. Um, Dude, in your hometown, that rules. Yeah, man, that's 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 yeah, that's uh that's insane. And Parker Porter's from, uh, I think he's from Hartford, Connecticut. So when I was I was covering it from Bristol, um. So that you know, he's kind of a local guy. So they were definitely cheering for him there. Speaking of goddamn being in Bristol, I got a goddamn stalker. Yeah, I got a goddamn stalker. I had ESPN executive security had to come in and like 
goddamn guns and shit. They'd come in, move my hotel room, like get all my shit to a secured facility. It was crazy. It was nuts. You got mad dramatic shit happening in your life, Anthony. Dude, all the time, bro. It's I always crazy. got something like called me and told me he was going to kill me on the phone in my hotel room, like somehow found where I was. It was nuts. It was nuts. I don't I, I mean, don't even did, know what it I didn't do anything to him either. I don't even know who he is. Apparently, damn, I'm, that's wild. Honestly, he's probably the BYM. Waited. I probably said something stupid on here. And <laughs> honestly, you waited I'll, until you got to Connecticut? I, he's from Connecticut. Okay. I don't even know who he is. Never mm. don't even know the guy. Once I get his name, though, I'm gonna give it to all you guys, and you guys can do your thing. Uh, the Jimmy Crute Alonzo Menafield fight was pretty goddamn good, though. Um, I think Jimmy Crute became uh, that, that seemed like uh, he didn't get the win, you know, they fought to a draw. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I feel like I watched a boy turn into a man, you know what I mean? And, and I don't mean that by with any disrespect to Jimmy Crute, he, he's been a front runner his whole career, though. Um, he, he's been kind of he's been a hammer. But but in some of those situations where things have gotten tough and he's had to be the nail, he hasn't always he hasn't always shown his best side. Um, so he he was in a goddamn dogfight and he was hurt bad. He was almost finished a couple times. Um, and he talked to me before. Um, I did uh, an interview with him just like a, a couple weeks ago, and you know it was it was cool to listen to him talk about the 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 mental work that he put into his game and. You know, he took a couple tough losses to me and Jamal Hill, and and then he was injured and had to go back and really work on himself. So, you know, I was really, really feeling bad for him when he was hurt and um, looking like he was about to be finished. But seeing him kind of dig deep, find that thing in his belly that was deep down in there, it's real easy when things get tough. The first thing you're going to look for is the door. But you got to find a goddamn reason to stay, and you got to find a reason to continue to suffer and continue to endure, even when there may be not, maybe there's not a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so it was cool to, to see him turn that corner. I think he's going to learn a lot from that. And Alonzo Menafield, I honestly, every time that dude's in a fight, I'll usually end up talking about the other guy, but God damn, that guy just makes it tough on everybody. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. He just flies under the radar. And so I don't think he necessarily gets enough love for the things that he's able to do in there too. But, um, I, I, I wanted to, to kind of highlight Jimmy crew. What is, what he what did think is of really the quick hard point to do. deduction. What was that for? The point of uh, grabbing for, the fence, uh, grabbing the. I thought it was. I, I thought that was fair. That's right. Because Jimmy was on a clear takedown. Jimmy was, he was about to get himself a takedown right there, and that's what he needed in that moment because he was hurt so damn bad. He needed a takedown, and that would have changed the course of the round uh, had he gotten that takedown. And, and Alonzo Menafield used the cage and held himself up. Um, I think. I think those those situations are very fluid. I, I don't think all are created equal. Um, but in that moment, with as hurt as Jimmy was. As hard as he worked to get to that position, as hard as he worked to keep himself in control of his consciousness, I I think that I think the point deduction was 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 fair. I think the ref did a fantastic job in that in in, in that position. I because I was losing my mind. Like you you can't let someone hurt be hurt that bad. He's barely goddamn awake, battles his way into a takedown, gets it, and the dude holds himself up with defense. If there's no point there, maybe the only the only issue I have there. Is they they didn't put him back in the exact position he was in. They put him back in an over under like a 50-50. And when he stopped them, that's not where he was. Jimmy was in like a head outside single, I believe. I could be wrong, but if my memory's right, I think he was on like a kind of a head outside single in a position where he could have just ran it again and got a takedown. And they restarted him in a 50-50. And I think Alonzo Menafield was able to get off the fence. So the only thing I would have changed there is, is putting Jimmy back in a more dominant position on the fence. I dude, the point the thing is though, it's such a massive 
in a sport where that's only, you know, it's only three rounds. One point is such a massive, massive thing that I can understand being like, okay, I'm going to penalize you there but you get back to a 50-50 position. That's fair. That's what I mean. Like, I, I'm not going to argue too much about it, but um, I thought the point was 100% fair and warranted. Um, and he needed that because if he not for that, it. he loses the he fight. Lost. He lost, yeah. yeah. But who knows? Maybe he gets that takedown and gets a finish. Like, it's true. You never know. Maybe maybe point you know, point deduction aside, you know, maybe maybe he lost an opportunity to get a finish. Because Jimmy does good on the ground. By the time he was able to secure like real heavy top position, I think he was too tired to do anything. Um, yeah, but I, I I was just happy for that kid to 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 see him uh, come into his own a little bit, you know, like face some adversity and find a way through it. That shit's hard to do. That's it's hard to do. It really is. Um, is there any fight that stands out to you, Harrington? I mean, it hurts because uh, I was on the wrong side of it, and I love my dude Tyson Pedro, Modestus Bacalcus. I mean, what a story by him! I think they said yeah. what it was three fights in eight weeks or something crazy like that. Yeah, he took a really short notice too. Yeah, yeah, that's that, incredible. Uh, I mean, that man, Tyson Pedro. I don't know what's up with that guy. Um, he never fights anybody really good, um, and I'm not talking bad about Modestus. It's just he's never. He kind of came on hot, and he was fighting some some bigger names. He's working his way into the rankings, and I don't know. He's just kind of taking a step back as far as his competition level. And I thought, I'll be honest with you, I thought this was going to be another smash match. Um, it's just, you know, I think I, I think it was, what he fought? He fought in Salt Lake City, maybe, or I think it was Salt Lake City was his last, was the one last yeah, one. Yeah, 278 that. versus uh, Hunsucker. Yeah, like Hunsucker, come on. Like they kept that guy in the UFC just to fight Tyson Pedro. You know what I mean? And then got cut immediately afterwards. So again, not talking bad about him. It's just he got cut right away. Like, so I, I don't know. I first round, Tyson Pedro's world beater. And it, and it's not a conditioning issue. It's not a cardio thing. It, it's it's like he, he loses focus or or if he can't get you out of there right away, or he doesn't hurt you, or he's not kind of running downhill, he starts to have some problems. So I physically that guy's gifted. You know what I mean? He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's crazy athletic. Um, his striking is good. He you know, he's got some decent skills as far as his takedown defense and, and some of his grappling stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I just, Tyson Page was one of those guys. He should be better than he's he's shown. You know, he he should be more competitive with higher level guys. And and uh, I can't ever put my finger on it. I can't put my finger on what's going on with Tyson Pedro. Anybody um, else on that card? I was kind of just going through it. I thought overall the card was really good. Um, oh, yeah. I thought there was uh, Jamie Malarkey. I, th- I thought it looked really, really good. I've always been a big fan um, of that guy. I think, I, yeah, I just thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty competitive with everyone all the way through. I thought it was a good card. I'm now I'm just kind of scrolling through the MMA news. Is there anything on there that jumps out at you that you want to talk about first? Well, I mean, you know, probably number one with a bullet uh, just announced over the weekend uh, your fight with Johnny Walker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was supposed to fight Johnny Walker March 25th. Um, kind of had that deal done in Brazil, and whether he's injured or he's banged up or or, or needs more time or whatever, so um, we pushed it back to uh, May 13th. Location is TBD. So now we are fighting may 13th uh yeah i i think it'd be a good fight it's some it's one that's kind of come up a bunch of times uh as as possibilities 
Um, and it's just for whatever reason hasn't worked out wherever we are in the rankings, wherever uh, he's coming off a loss, I'm coming off a win or even flip flopped. Um, hasn't worked out at this point. So I, I think he's on a little bit of a streak here. He's, he's got a little bit of a, a hot streak as far as just his popularity. Um, and I think it's probably time. So we'll, we'll go in there. We'll do it. I got a lot of respect for his, his, the danger factor when it comes to Johnny Walker, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to not, I don't know, guess I'd shit on him, but uh, I think that I'm more skilled everywhere. Um, he's absolutely, uh, dangerous he's probably more powerful he's he's unpredictable he's he's definitely an athlete he's really big um he's a huge light heavyweight so you know there's uh there's a lot of danger factor there as far as early but you know i think i just you know mind my p's and q's and and play my game and do my thing i think it'll be just fine uh johnny walker reminds me a lot of ryan span um if you just give him long enough he'll you know he'll 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 bury himself you know it's it's not really like I got to do anything special. You know, I, there's a lot of things I got to prepare for, for him specifically, as far as just the things that make him dangerous, but it's got to be a better me and sharpen my own, to, you know, my own tools, be in really good shape, be fundamentally sound and, and just grow everywhere as much as I can. And, you know, he's one of those guys I think that will, uh, I don't know. Johnny Walker's like a Tesla, like super fast, looks really good. Every once in a while, those uh, those things run themselves into ditches. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's just kind of how I look at it. It's it, he's good, man. He really is. He's 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 a good he's a good athlete. He's a fantastic athlete. But um, I don't know. I just don't. You know, it, a lot like Ryan Span. You know, if you just you give them enough rope, they'll hang themselves. And and I think that that's that's I think that's exactly how this goes. I think you just be smart, fight your game. And let him do the rest. <laughs> oh man, I was just looking here. Only one loss by submission on his record. Uh, four losses by knockout, two by decision. Does that like does looking at stuff like that influence you and your preparation for a fight at all? Like, oh yeah, like it might be hard for whatever reason to to get this guy into into a situation, or it's just whatever he presents me, I'm going to take. Um, yeah, I think just what it, it kind of is up to him. You know, wherever he wants to fight, I'm, I'm comfortable everywhere. So it doesn't matter to me. You know, I don't suspect he's going to be shooting any takedowns or trying to grapple. Um, but he might, I mean, if he wants to, I'm down to do that. But the, the one knock that I do have on Johnny Walker is, is his kind of defensive responsibility. I don't know that I, I don't know that I'm in a place where I can say that he doesn't have a great chin, um, because he is fighting the best of the best. He's fighting absolute monsters. But if you just kind of look at there, there's a video that was floating around there for a while of him getting knocked out pre UFC, pretty bad. Um, looked like it might have possibly been in Brazil, but terrible referee. Kind of, I honestly watched the video and felt really bad for Johnny because the referee allowed him to essentially get knocked out three times in the same fight. Um, you know, then his kind of physical reaction when he got knocked out by Jamal Hill was kind of a scary one, and then it, again his physical reaction when he got knocked out by uh, Corey Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, all, all those guys are big hitters, you know, and Corey Anderson, I don't think gets enough credit for his striking game because he is more willing to wrestle. But, um, I, I, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Derek Lewis a little bit, as far as, you know, you get a big, strong, crazy, powerful, kind of unpredictable striker. Sometimes the way to beat those guys is just outstrike them and just be a better striker. Um, and so 
you know, I don't know. It'd be cool to to get a pretty sweet knockout, but if the path of least resistance is is to wrestle and and grind and and grapple, uh, you know, I always say that shit. I never do it, but um, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that's a smart move. I don't know. We'll see. We still got a ways to go, though. You know what I mean? We got got a ways to go before we get into the real heat of things. Right now, I'm just having a fun time. Tra- and honestly, it's kind of fun to just be in shape and train and and skill build and and not be like mentally in the in the shit. You know what I mean? Just working on working on getting better um i have no doubt that johnny walker and i will put on an absolute fireworks show for the fans uh that i can guarantee i don't even you know i don't even know if me and johnny get along or not i'm not sure we've never had any kind of issue like in person it's always been respectful as it, we've never really had a conversation before but we've rode that recently we rode the elevator a couple times in brazil and you know i didn't say anything to him he didn't say anything to me but it wasn't like we were like mugging each other or beefing um i think we've gone back and forth on you know, social media a couple of times when he was trying to get a fight, he's called me out, but he's always been respectful about it. Um, so I, I think that he would probably be in a hundred percent agreement agreeance with me that I think we're going to put on a goddamn barn burner fellas. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be awesome. I mean, all right. Yeah. It is what it is. You already said TBD and you're not going to say anything more than that. I just want to know where this fight's going to be. Yeah. Just keep trying to blow spots up. I, I nah. didn't even realize the fight got announced yet. I almost shit when you said, <laughs> come on now um i'm not that bad uh all right you want to yeah. move on we already talked about yeah we talked about volkanovsky and kind of the where he wants to go the pound for pound debate we talked about yair um there was one that stood out to me oh this one i don't even know if people give a shit about this but i care a lot Jalen Turner was supposed to fight Dan Hooker. Obviously got the Dan Hooker issue with the, you know, he's he's in the headlines for his own reason right now, and that's none of my business, so I'm not going to talk about it because um, <laughs> I don't actually know the rule. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I don't know. Um, but the fight that Dan Hooker was in was with, with Jalen Turner. Dan Hooker gets hurt, has to pull out of the fight. You got a, a couple guys throwing their name in the hat, and the UFC gave us a goddamn treat because I think this fight is better than the initial fight. Jalen Turner... Mateusz Gamrot, let's fucking go. I am the biggest Mateusz Gamrot mark. Like, I will mark out for that guy any chance I get. Ever since I watched him live fight uh, Armand Sarukian, I could not be bigger fans of both of those guys and the level of mixed martial arts uh, that they show every time they walk out. So I think it's a big risk for Gamrot, to be honest with you. This is a tough fight on short notice. I don't necessarily know uh, where these guys are exactly ranked, each one of them. Um so I have it here. Uh, Hooker was 11. Uh, sorry, Hooker. Yeah, Hooker was 11. Turner is 10. Gamrot is 7. So it's that's, actually that's like risky. A, that's risky for Gamrot. Rankings. I like it. I like it. What a what what a gangster move to to fight number, you know, be number seven, fight number 10. Who's crazy dangerous and has a funky ass style. He's got a crazy body type that you're going to have a tough time finding any training partners at 155 pounds that are six foot 12. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually know how tall Jalen Turner is, but I know he's tall as shit, and he's got a crazy long reach. He's got a funky ass style. He can grapple. He can strike. He's got power in his hands. He's 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 all over the place. I love Jalen Turner, and I and I love Gamrot, and I love these two guys fighting each other. Um, so that one stood out to me right away when that one got announced. Matt Brown, Court McGee. That's goddamn fun. That's a uh, barn burner. That's the kind of matchmaking we need to do with these guys. I Hell love yeah. me some Court McGee. I love me Court McGee. I love Matt Brown. And I don't want to see either one of these guys getting matched up with these young, you know, these young killers. You know, I was in I was in New York City at MSG 
when uh, Court McGee fought. Come on now, give it to me. Court McGee fought. Court McGee at MSG. I think it was at MSG. His last fight. Come on, hmm. don't make me look stupid here. I'm looking like a damn fool right now because I was there uh, with you. His last fight was Jeremiah Wells at uh, in Austin. Austin, that's right. My bad. I messed that up. Okay. Yeah, um, Jeremiah Wells. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Court McGee or Matt Brown matched up with these guys. Like, I'm not even saying they're getting towards the end of their career. Maybe they are. They probably are. But they're they're getting older. They they've got a lot of miles. Uh, I'm not saying these guys aren't still competitive, but like, uh, like, you know, Matt Brown versus Miguel Baeza. Like, I didn't want to see that. Like, no. What we've seen is that Matt Brown is skilled and technical and and experienced and game enough to be in there with a dude like that because he had him hurt. But as, as you as you wear those miles and you wear that damage and you wear all the time that your body has put in all these training camps over all those years. Some of these young guys are just going to come out on top just because they're younger. And, and you know, all things created equal. If their skill sets are the same, the younger guy's probably going to win. And so this is the type of matchmaking I love. Like when they match Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lozon, love that shit. Uh, Donald Cerrone versus Jim Miller, love that shit. Matt Brown, Core McGee, love it. I can't get enough of it. I, I love, excuse me, I love that type of matchmaking. Um, so that that one was super exciting to me. And, and even... They're on the Kansas City card, they announced Zach Cummings versus Ed Herman. Again, like Zach Cummings hasn't been around a long time. Ed Herman has been in the game forever. Zach Cummings has been fighting as long as I have, you know, in the same Midwest scene. I've known Zach for over a decade. So, you know, I, I love that matchmaking. Zach is fighting his home in his hometown. You know, I don't suspect we probably see Zach too many more times after that. But, um, yeah, I like I like both of those. Dude, I have wanted a legends division for so long, right? Like, it do just we really makes... need a legends division, or can we just appropriately match up legends? Because it's like I don't know, like a situation like uh, I don't know. It's tough because Matt Brown versus Brian Barberina. I feel like that is a fight that the people deserved, and it's not like a crazy, agree, you know, agree gap. But like I also Brian Barberina, wouldn't... Robbie Lawler, I thought was a great fight too. Right, but I wouldn't put Barbarina in that same class as like a a Jim Miller or Joe Lozon. A, a well, you got to meet him even. though. You got to meet that yeah? motherfucker though. Because Brian Barbarina is one of my favorite mentally, players. Mentally, Brian Barbarina is like that. He's an OG. Okay. He's an old school guy. <laughs> old school mentality. He doesn't give. I don't even think Brian Barbarina cares about winning. I don't. I'm not sure he's ever gone in there to win. He just goes. He just wants to go in and he wants to punch you in the face more times than you punch him. Uh, I. Love Brian Barberina because I love his mentality. I love his approach. I love his style. I love his beard. <laughs> I love it all um, because I just appreciate guys like that. You know what I mean? Like he just goes in and throws down. He's he may not be a legend by age, but he's a legend in my heart. Okay, all right. So this <laughs> okay. is the the Anthony Smith Legends Division. Like you yeah. decide who can and can't fight each other. So I, was, I just mean I don't think we need to even call it a division. Let's just. Let's just match these guys appropriately in fights that A, I think people want to see, B fights that are super competitive. And let's not like let's not run our our, our legends and the people that have kind of put put their you know blood, sweat, and tears in this game. Let's not run them into buzz saws every single time and then you know have them limp out of here face down and embarrassed with nothing left. You know, I don't necessarily like to watch that. 
Breaking news. Manscaped is now selling beer products. That's right. They've gone from the waist to the face to help you replace that bulky razor with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. They've created the best tools for you to turn heads with a clean, perfectly groomed, and conditioned beard. Finally, tame your mane by going to manscaped.com and using our code BISBING20 for 20% off plus free shipping. The kit is about to change your life, right? The Beard Hedger Pro Kit has made it easier than ever to craft your signature look. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is the juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, it's waterproof, it's cordless like every Manscaped, but this thing has a rotary wheel, so it gives you 20 different cutting lengths. You can go like eight, eight and a half, seven, seven and a half, right, and just cut it down to the exact length that you want. You don't have to switch out different heads, uh, tons of add-ons, all that extra crap that, that has deterred me from trimming my own beard in the past. Not a problem here. Just turn the wheel, you're good to go. Uh, 20 lengths, it's never been so easy to find your signature beer look. Plus, the trimmer has a titanium-coated T-blade that is tough on hair, but it's smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. And the Pro Kit is much more than the trimmer, though. It comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. It has the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner. I use it every day. All your hair is different. Your beard hair is much more coarse and easier to damage. That's why the kit has shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize reduce ingrown hairs, and replenish your natural oils, promoting beard health. The kit also has a beard oil, a nutrient-infused oil that relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up the look. And I'll tell you, it helps with the itch too, right? Like that, throw that on there, boom, no more beard itch. Cap it off with their beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes, bringing the amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors. You know, in case you got like one little flyaway, boom, run the comb through it, then hit it with the scissors, you're good to go. You can get 20% off and free shipping with our code BISPING20 at manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code BISPING20. The Manscaped Beard Hedger Pro Kit, the premier solution to face grooming let's get back into it oh my god okay this one this one stands out to me i'm just scrolling around guys look uh michael's not here to keep this goddamn train on the tracks so i'm just bouncing all over the place i don't give a shit you know what i mean i if michael's mad about it he get better wi-fi <laughs> he's the one that keeps this train on the tracks his typically. wi-fi is so bad he can't watch this episode right dude thank god because he'll be pissed about this <laughs> Uh, I'm going to, th- I'm going to talk about this real quick and then you can throw out the next one. I'll let you, uh, guide me back into some sort of fucking something that makes sense around here. Did you, Oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. Hey, did you see Bryce Mitchell's, uh, Instagram when he was talking about the Super Bowl? Oh, he was talking <laughs> about how I don't remember exactly how he phrased it to begin with, but essentially that the Super Bowl performance, the halftime show. Uh, by the way, go Chiefs. Uh, sorry, Eagles fans. That's just how it goes. But that's what I'm talking about, Harrington. You got to be a winner. You got to be a winner. <laughs> Me, you, and Tech Nine. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Islam beard. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could grow a beard. Um, but Bryce Mitchell's going off. I-, I love Bryce Mitchell. Politics aside, I don't even. I don't even care what Bryce Mitchell stands for. That's his own business. But. 
I love listening to him go off on his Instagram all the time because he got there's something to be said for someone who's just unapologetically them, himself, you know. Um, I don't always agree with what he says, but I can appreciate someone who just gets on there. He's just his country self doing his own thing. But he was going off about the halftime show about how he thought it was Satanism and and it was an evil show and someone on there had the six painted on their forehead and essentially there was a, a battle between good and evil going on there and god damn it Bryce Mitchell wasn't having it dude he uh yeah he had one and it's like I don't know but the, the flip side of it right on the flip side if you're sitting there being like there's actual demon worship going on and I need to let people know about it like if you think it's your job as a Christian to inform the world that there is demon like I feel like he's not doing enough you know, Mm-mm. like, why is he not? Listen, this is going- a man that choked a deer unconscious one time out in the right. field. He he spun his testicles up in a drill one time. I'm not questioning anything he does because you're going to confuse yourself. <laughs> you're going to confuse yourself. Brian, how do you feel about the Satanism that was allegedly going on in the halftime show? I don't know. I just feel like we're being openly mocked by the people who uh decide these things i i just so you're with bryce it's all no it's just silly man it's just uh, i think i don't know i think it's trolling like it's part trolling part uh whatever nonsense i don't know uh, this is you think bryce, bryce is trolling on it no i think those oh, i was like no that motherfucker's absolutely 100 uh he means everywhere he says and uh here we go. A video about all this satanic symbolism that you've seen, uh, like at the halftime show, uh, for all y'all people who watch foosball. Um, you know, I don't watch foosball, but I've seen the halftime show, and it's just blatant Satanism. I mean, they're <laughs> they're dressed up like devils. You know, one chick's got a six on her forehead. Guys, if if you cannot see that these people wait, wait, worship wait, 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 Satan, wait, 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 pause it, pause it. Was the one chick that had a six on her forehead? Is he, he meant, talking about Rihanna? He meant Rihanna has a six head. He just didn't know how to say it right. <laughs> I I still think it's funny. He called Rihanna that one chick. I I think that like is not that happened. she's not the whole goddamn show. It just really goes to show you his bumpkinness, you know. Uh, don't yeah, hurt I, me he's really good at fighting uh, no like, i do <laughs> I, I i love me some bryce mitchell um all right let's get bryce out of here is there any uh i don't think we've done enough non-mma stories here harrington all right let's see here what do you think uh, we should do another one give me yeah, a good so, one give me the best one <laughs> all right um hmm all right so i'm not sure all right, we're going to save number one for when, when Mike's here because he sent that one in. But uh, number oh, three. No, we should do it just to piss him off. Yeah? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, number three. A, th- all right, tell me if you would let any of your kids do this. It, it had to have been filmed by a parent. But a three-year-old, right, hooked up a camera to the top of a car and used his little, like, you know, Fisher-Price iPad uh, to drive a Ferrari. Brian, just scroll to the right there. You can pull up the video. There's a video of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's badass. No, I've seen this kid before. He uh, he also has like a, a golf cart or or like a little miniature four-wheeler or something like that. 
and he he can back like jet skis all the way up the driveway and back like the jet skis right into that garage right there this kid's a little he's a little stud with Would you... very clearly rich parents <laughs> for sure <laughs> i mean you know could my kids do that no because i don't have a fucking ferrari <laughs> dude that's crazy I bet if his being was here he'd probably be like yeah i deal with my kids my ferrari all the time <laughs> yeah lucas drives the tesla regularly right right all the time all the mm-hmm. time oh, um man. how mad do you think he is that we're doing the show without him oh absolutely furious yeah well couldn't be more living he's definitely pissed because he's like well that, they're gonna run this motherfucker into the ground <laughs> yeah he's gonna be all fired up the numbers are going to be shit and and it's going to be our fault (laughs) well well we do have some questions uh for the end if you guys you know need a parachute okay so we'll just that's what we're going to do when this thing starts going off (laughs) off the rails we're going to go to uh uh we're going to go to do some goddamn questions um let's do let's do one more mma one before we get into questions we won't we won't drag this out too long we just wanted to get one out for you guys um just because we promised one and, and with Mike being out, well, we figured we'd get one quick one in. So let's do another MMA one. Is there is there something that's pressing? Is there something that we've How about Connor Chandler is gonna be at one fifty five, which is wild because Connor McGregor's gonna have to cut a limb off to make that. Well, he's got six months to do it because he's got six months of clean tests he's gotta be taken since he's back in the the pool. Um I am. A, I was a little bit shocked to see that Dana came out and said it was at 155, though. I, I did see today that Conor McGregor still has no uh, USADA tests booked or logged Yeah, in I mean, 2023. It's, it, that's wild. The more time that goes, they did say he's back in the pool, though. So I don't I think he just has to be in the pool for six months. I don't think that six months starts. From the time that they like, I don't think it starts with like the first test. I think it's you enter the pool, then I think you're just happy. You have to have six months in the pool. You don't have to take a test to get in the pool. No, you know how many guys would fail. You don't even have to be clean. That's wild. I think, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think that there's, I mean, what happens if you get a short notice fight, right? What happens if you like, you've been out on the regional scene doing your thing. Or you maybe you haven't fought for three or four years and you've been on some whatever, like, and then some you get a short powder. notice. Yeah. And then you get a short notice fight. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how all that works, but I think you just have to be in the pool for six months. I don't necessarily know that. Like, I don't think that six months yeah. starts at your first test. <clears throat> you have to be in the pool for six months and two clean tests. Ah. And so two, over the, the course of 30. I mean, just over the course of that six months, you have to be able to produce two clean tests. Ah, okay. That makes nice. sense. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if, like, just say someone retires, maybe they weren't planning on coming back, but they actually retire, and they're taking some sort of banned substance to help themselves heal or whatever it is, whatever their excuse is, and then they want to get back in the pool. Like, you can't expect that person to have clean tests initially. I'm sure that like by the end of that six months, you have to be continually test clean. I, I would guess. I don't. I'm just making shit up at this point. I don't actually know. I'm just guessing. We got to get your USADA doc on the show next time they randomly show up at your house, dude. I've tried. I've tried, and he won't oh, come they on. They're not. Yeah, they're not allowed. Yeah, I tried to. filming him. Yeah, I tried um, filming him. 
what do you what do you think about this? Dana saying that there is uh, he's open uh, to the possibility of that fight being at Cowboy Stadium, eighty thousand strong in the heart of Dallas, Texas. Is Cowboy Stadium a dome? Uh, I think it's I think it's uh, if it I'm not mistaken. I think it's a retractable roof because God needs to be able to see his favorite team play. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, well, no matter what, I think you got you got Dana's. I think a lot of the reason Dana's never done any soccer stadiums in Europe or or london has been because of of the weather it rains every other day and, the, and none of those soccer stadiums are are covered so if it has a retractable roof i think that i mean i don't know why not i mean i would imagine they're not going to make that decision until they see how the ratings are going on the show i would guess if the ratings are going really well and this show's crazy popular and it's going really well i would guess that that would be something that would be on the books, you know, but if, if it's not doing well, I, I think that the show and how popular it is is indicative of how the fight is probably going to go as well. I think those two things are probably tied to each other, but I think that's a huge fight. I think it's massive. I, I would love to have it. I would love to just be a part of it, even just working for ESPN. I, I think that would be something that would be crazy. I mean, can you imagine? Can you, can you imagine that? Like uh, a UFC event, at cowboy at the cowboy stadium would be insane and how goddamn cool for connor to be the you know he's always talked about that though um you think if connor loses he retires hmm probably i don't know if his ego let him retire on a loss that's fair you know i think he'd always threaten coming back and you know and then eventually maybe years down the road like an old rival you know rda is looking to have his last fight and connor's like fuck it i'll fight you now you know like like drag tony out yeah jesus christ i hope not well like i mean they talked about it for a little bit like tony was one of the options for the ultimate fighter mm -hmm. you know what i heard i heard i don't know this for a fact but i heard this uh the other day that and it kind of makes sense because when Chandler was on here, he genuinely didn't know that that he was going to be coached. I mean, they they announced it just a few days later. So, but he had no idea. I heard that they were in really close talks with Nate Diaz. Well, that would have been interesting. That it was that that they that initially the idea was Connor versus Nate. So I don't know what all that looked like, but long story short, that that fell through and didn't work out. But um, I think that was plan A was it was they were wanting it to be Connor and Nate. And then the Nate deal didn't go through. And And he decided he wanted to go box Canelo. This is just (laughs) bigger bag, I guess. Bad ideas. Bigger bag, though. All right. I mean, given given how hard he. Okay. What do you think? I think we wrap this shit up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You 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 have not gone to number three in the MMA notes, so I'm thinking it's just not. There's nothing there. Well, well, hold on a second. Hold on. Let me. God damn it! Pull my notes up again, Harrington. Maybe I missed a good one. I don't want to miss a good one here. Number three. Let's see here. What do we got here? Oh my God! How did I miss that? Yeah, let's go. Let's do that, and then we'll go to questions. What? Yeah, let's go. Oh God, this is like this is probably one of the coolest moments from UFC 284. I talked to him yesterday. Yes. Yeah. So wild. Yeah, let's play this. I love this. Wait, who we're talking about now? Is it Aldo again or shut the fuck up? 
Oh, what? shut the fuck up. Oh! Are you... oh, dude. Shut up. Are you serious? Wow, let's go. Wow. Look how upset he is. I love it. He's just. Oh, man. He's got his kid coming in, hugs his kid. Oh, that's incredible. It's that's incredible to watch. No you know, way. he had no idea that, that mm-hmm. any of this was going to happen, obviously, but everyone around him did. So they had all kind of set him up and, and the UFC had told him that they wanted to do like a where are they now kind of story on him and that they were going to bring him in live in the broadcast and say, you know, here's Jens Pulver. Here's what he's doing. You know, whatever. He's been doing this Twitch stream for the UFC for a while now. Um, full time. I think he streams four times a week on Twitch. So if you guys are on Twitch or or that's something you guys get into, um, head over to the UFC Twitch. Uh, Jens Pulver's over there killing it. So um, I think he's really interactive with the chat too, was what from what it, what it seems like. So, um, you know, he he had, he told me yesterday that he had no clue, and they'd asked him about this this you know where are they now thing, and and all the times they'd asked him to do it before, he'd always said no because he wasn't happy with where he was in life. Um, and he went in this long, you know, emotional, you know, kind of explanation to me about how at the, the end of his career, he really regretted it and how it happened. And he was just trying to get a win and, and he just had, you know, he just kept losing and his life had fallen apart and he he just had no more self-respect for himself. And, and he was just really unhappy and kind of self-destructing. And, you know, he said he was super overweight and he's I don't remember what he called himself. It was really funny though. Essentially he's just fat as shit. And, um, you know, and then the, this Twitch stream had come back in and he auditioned for it and he got it. And now he's analyzing fights and, you know, doing live broadcasts while the fights are going on. And, and, and it's, uh, it's really changed his life. Like getting back into the sport. I thought it was a cool little situation where like the sport had kind of ruined his life essentially in his mind. It had taken everything from him, all of his self-respect, all of his pride, you know, he had nothing left. And then the thing that like gets him back on track is like getting back into this game just on, just on a different side of it. So it was, it it was cool to just listen to him talk. And and he told me some stories about like just moments that he really enjoyed. And it was like old Militich days, you know, like the, the battles with Matt Hughes and, you know, Jeremy Horn was there. This is in the, you know, Tim Sylvia's prime and, so just listening to the war stories was was super cool. Um, but I'm just really happy for him because it's something that he's wanted for a long time. But I don't think that any moment before now would have been a good moment because he wasn't in a great place, you know, a while ago. So I, I think it, the timing is perfect. He's he's pulled his life together. He's in a really positive place. Like, you know, it, he was talking about how fat he was. And he was out of shape and he was doing all this other shit. And then like, when I was getting ready to talk to him, he was like, really like I'm intermittent fasting and I can get my workout in. Like, it's hard to even talk to him because he has such a schedule now before his, he had no schedule. He had nowhere to be and nothing to do because he just wasn't doing shit with his life. So it was just cool, man. It was really cool. It was cool to, to see his reaction. Um, when he was asked before, and I've heard him say this, you know, people would ask him, Jens, when do you think you're going to get in to the hall of fame? And he would always say, I'm probably not going to get in. I, I didn't do enough. So it was cool to like, I don't know, just see him and his manager and I are friends. So I knew about it like two weeks ago. So it was oh, yeah? cool to like, yeah, it was like everyone knew but him. It was cool <laughs> to just like in anticipation, just, you know, he's just on his little stream. And, and then when he realizes it's him and he's crying with his son and and like asking his son, like, you know, I, I just you know, or saying to his son rather, like, 
you know, I just wanted you to be proud of your dad. Like shit's heavy. It's getting dusty up in here right now. <laughs> Definitely an emotional moment. That was so cool, man. I it love was. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. That's it. All right. Well, go ahead and give your question spiel. If you're enjoying this show on iTunes, Spotify, where you find podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star rating, positive review on those platforms. It helps us out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel and leave a, uh, whoa, subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you find out whenever a new episode comes out. Also, if you want to catch over 400 episodes you can't find anywhere else, head to gasdigitalnetwork.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get yourself a seven-day free trial and check out over 20 great shows on the network. Harrington. Uh, where should they send the questions to? BYMPod at gmail.com. They should probably record them, make them funny. Um... And make them unique and send them to bympod at gmail.com. That's what they should do, Harrington. That's 100% what they should do. Yeah, Brian, if you're not they... doing it, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Let's <laughs> ride. All Let's right. See. So, first one we got here is from Trey. What's going on, gang? Trey here. Um, Quick question. I'm silly, but I was just on my mind. Okay, so. If you had to choose out of these matchups, which one would you pick? You could only strike against Volkanovski, or you could only grapple and wrestle against Islam. Which matchup would you pick? Me personally, I'm going to go ahead and wrestle with Islam because ain't nobody got time to be trying to strike with Volkanovski. I'm good. I'm going to just get choked out and give it up. You feel me? Less head trauma. But, uh, <laughs> Who would you rather fight? All right. Well, uh, first of all, Trey, thanks for the question. Uh, you need to put a new battery in your uh, your your, uh, your smoke detector because you can hear that thing beeping in the back and you keep your people safe. So you <laughs> change your goddamn batteries. All right, my friend. Uh, man, I don't probably I'd probably rather strike with Volkanovski. I think you have more opportunities there. You know, like if you're just a I don't know, you got a better opportunity to catch someone with like a punch or a kick or something like that, it, it's hard to catch really dominant wrestlers. Well, like of course wrestling isn't something you can really get lucky. You know what I mean? You are literally three of them stacked on top of each other. Oh, me personally. <laughs> I them both at the same time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. Goddamn media people is just a joke. I'd rather strike Volkanovsky because I'm 14 times his height. <laughs> nice. There we go. I'm not a fighter. So, yeah, I'm going to get taken into deep waters by Islam. Obviously, I'm on Trey's side, dude. Like, I don't I don't need to be striking with it. With, I don't need to get my lights knocked out by Volkanovsky. Just let me let me Connor tap just real quick, real yeah. quick. Whoa. Connor's going to be so pissed at you for saying that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, he, well, check Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I feel like my uh, name first. Yeah, right. I feel like you would uh, I would be killed by either one of them pretty quickly. So. You know, so neither. I just, I just would avoid the old situation entirely. <laughs> yeah, can I bring uh, a gun? Is there is there a rule for a civilian getting a gun? No, is, no. Is it explicitly so. written in the rules of MMA that you can't bring a gun? <laughs> Have people just been overlooking this? They could <laughs> maybe it's just overlooked. You know, I got a friend, Chris Camozzi, used to always ask me all the time, is it illegal to like strike someone with your nut cup? 
And I still haven't got an answer. Every time I've asked a commissioner, it's been the only time I've ever thought about it is right before I'm about to fight. And they always look at me like I'm stupid. But they never have an answer. If you can use it, if you can use it for leveraging an arm bar, you should be able to strike with it. Yeah, like can you go north south and just crush someone? I mean, we didn't we see a guy do that, just hump a guy's head. We have seen somebody hump a guy's head. I would have to assume that's the attack. Nice. All right, so this one's a little heavier. It's from Brandon. Okay. What's up, guys? It's Brandon from Chicago. Within the past year, I've made a pretty big lifestyle change. I used to weigh 336 pounds. Now I'm on my goal to hit 170. Let's go. 93 pounds so far, and my biggest motivation is my mom. Unfortunately, she passed away last night on her birthday, lost a battle to stage 4 breast cancer. And I promised her that I would make her proud. I'm using her as my biggest motivation. I was just wondering, guys, throughout your careers, you've battled through lots of adversity, and both of you have made it out on top. Just wondering, do you have something specific for motivation that you've always held on to to keep powering through and pushing forward? Thank you, guys. Have a great one. And Harrington, you're going to be a great dad. Stay blessed, guys. Damn. Damn. All right. Fuck it. Let's get deep. Um, well, Brandon, I'm really sorry to, to hear about uh, the passing of your mom. Uh, I'm sure everyone on here knows that I lost my mom last May. She was my you know best friend, biggest supporter, um, biggest inspiration. So I know exactly how you feel. And, and, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's going to get any easier, um, but the days won't seem quite as long, you know, as, as you put more and more time in between yesterday and today, you know, so it's, I'm just going to be honest with you, bro. Motivation is fucking made up there. It's made up. It's motivation is a made up word. It's a made up fucking thing. To, to make people that don't want to do shit think that they have a reason to do shit that matters. You don't need to be motivated. You don't, like, I don't need to be motivated to go to practice. You, you have to get up. You got to put one foot in front of the other and walk out the fucking door and go get your workout in. That's it. Uh, we're in this weird generation these days. We're in this, this weird time where, you know, uh, influencers and famous people and self-help doctors and, and motivational speakers have, have tried to convince you that you need to feel good about doing something. You don't have to feel good about it. There's, there's nothing that's ever said in the history of fucking ever that you got to feel good about doing something before you do it. You have to be an adult and you have to keep your, keep your goals in mind and you're not going to feel good about it every day. I don't want to practice every single day. I don't want to run myself in a car accident every single day. There's been plenty of fights that, that I've got that I've been in that I've walked out on pay-per-view, gone in, got the d- goddamn job done and walked back to the locker room. And all day I didn't feel like doing it because sometimes you just wake up and you don't fucking feel like it. You want to lay in bed. You want to be fucking lazy. You want to eat potato chips and, and watch bad TV and cartoons. But that's not how you move from one place to another. That's not how you better yourself. That's not how you better your situation. That's not how you better your kids. That's not how you put your kids in a better school. That's not, that's not how nothing positive happens. So my message is to to you is is it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not feel good about it. It's okay to not 
to not feel like doing it, but that doesn't mean you don't get to do it. You still got to put one foot in front of the other one and keep fucking walking, get to every single workout, be at the gym. Every time that you're supposed to be at the gym, you need to set your goddamn schedule and do it. And some days you're going to feel good. And some days you're not. And on the days that you don't feel that good, you still have to do it anyways. And that's, that's part of being an adult. And that's, I tell people this all the time. Like you don't have to feel good about it to do it. You just have to fucking do it. That's it. And afterwards, you can evaluate how you felt about it once you've already done it, but not until you've already done it. Um, so I hope you send in another video. Keep us updated on your weight loss. Good luck. Don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, condolences to you and your family on your mom. And uh, yeah, definitely keep us updated. I'd like to, to follow along. All right. So we got, uh, we either have one or two more, depending on how long this one rolls. But uh, we got one here from Chet. Michael, Anthony. So I recently celebrated my 37th birthday and came to the realization that not only am I an old bastard, a fat bastard. So I figured I should maybe start exercising a little bit, eating a little better, and cutting back on the drinking. However... I also realized I'm a lazy bastard. No way I'll do all three. So my question is, of those three things, is there one that stands out that would benefit me the most? Or is it hopeless and should I just keep on being lazy, fat, and drunk? Appreciate your guys' work. Look forward to hearing your answer. Fuck you, Harrington. That's a great question. Um, I suppose if you had to pick one, you, got, you can't be lazy. You can be fat and you can be a drunk bastard, but you can't be lazy too. And I would suspect that if you're less lazy, you're going to be less fat. And if you're less lazy, you're going to have less time to drink. And so you're going to be less drunk. drunk. You can be less drunk. So uh, that's a pretty simple answer for me. I'd just be less lazy, keep drinking, and be fat. Yeah, but I mean, I feel I feel like there is a thing where it's like oh, I worked out today, so I can eat you know a bucket of KFC fried chicken and drink ten beers. Because I worked yeah, out. It sounds like he's going to eat a bucket of fried chicken and drink 10 beers anyway. So he might as well get a workout in. <laughs> sounds like we understand why Harrington is the way he is. <laughs> I just look for these 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 last two guys. I mean, you know, uh, Bisping always like hates on this idea. But if you're if you're of sound mind, body and like at a reasonable enough age, take an amateur boxing fight. Just put an amateur boxing fight on the cards. You know, something where you can wear headgear. You're going to have the mouthpiece in two-minute rounds, nothing crazy, but the work leading up to it, you will, like, there. There's a, there's a switch that goes off in your head where it's like, neither of us can fight. So whichever one works harder leading up to the fight is going to win, right. and that is the only motivation I've ever had to get in any kind of decent shape as an adult. Preferably you fight another fat podcast producer, but... <laughs> If that guy, if that guy, if that guy decides to take an amateur boxing match, I'll go to it. Ooh. So, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll referee it if they let me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but that means he's going to have to keep calling in, keeping us updated, letting us know how it goes. See some pad work. I'm not just going to have me show up in the middle of goddamn Idaho somewhere, where the fuck he lives. <laughs> watch him just be out of shape fighting some guy. You got to be in shape. You take an amateur boxing match, I'll referee it. All right, Brian, let's do one more. Throwing big old drunk haymakers and shit. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> as long as he buys the beer too, though. All right. So now we got a silly question, and this one is from Frederick. Hey, hi guys. 
My name is Frederik. Uh, I'm from Slovakia and I have a question to basically all of you, uh, to whomever it may concern. And so my question is about slap fighting. And so I heard you guys talking about uh, the sport on one of the previous shows. And uh, you guys seem to be uh, quite huge fans of the sport. But I have quite of a problem with the sport, uh, which I would like to ask you about. And my problem is that it seems kind of unfair because from what I understand, the way this works is that these guys uh, are trading slaps, right? And it seems to me like the, the guy who goes first has to have quite a bit of an advantage, right? Because he slaps the other guy and the other guy uh, only gets to respond after possibly suffering like a fairly huge concussion. So don't you think this is kind of a problem? Not wrong. Do you have some kind of possible solution for this or do you think it's okay? Yeah, so any of you can answer like Michael, Anthony, Brian and Harrington. And yeah, thank you guys. I'm a huge fan. Uh, fuck Harrington, all the stuff. Thank you. I love that. Fuck Harrington, all the stuff. You know what I mean? All it's like people are just getting so used to it. like, yeah, 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 you guys know the drill. Hey Brian, see you guys later. Thanks for the question. Fuck you, Harrington. All those things. <laughs> I get like uh, he's not wrong. A week. Yeah, he's I I dude, I you know how many DMs I get to say fuck Harrington? It's hilarious. For real? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna start screenshotting them all and send them to you. Um <laughs> Just so you feel good about yourself every day. Yeah, that's sweet, dude. That's so nice. I got, you. You. <laughs> I got your back, bro. Um, he's not wrong though. I think the dude who I mean, that's I mean it's kind of like it's kind of like anything though, right? Like there's a lot of sports like that. Like football's a coin toss, you know, like Yeah, but there's two halves. So everybody's yeah, getting a kick at each half. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I I don't know how you fix that. Would you go at the same time? You just have to have like one of those or like, uh, or fight or, you know what I'd let, the, I'd let the ufc hire me i'll slap the shit out of them both right before they start <laughs> and then they're and then they start even but then well, the second but then the guy who goes first still still is an advantage like because he's already concussed because he just got the shit slapped out of him by anthony smith and then right. he's going in to fight like another dude the second one. yeah no, so no. it's got to be same yeah, time it's got to be same time you gotta like go at the a, same time. Like a duel, like a old timey like pistol draw duel. Dude, how weird can we make this? Well, let's let's put them on. I don't know. Let's put them on like actual horses <laughs> and just <laughs> put them next to each other and let them joust. But it's only slapping. Like at a run, like a running start. Like like if yeah. you watch what's that and movie just, with as the they, just Heath as Ledger they ride by each other, just whack. <laughs> <laughs> We just get this as weird as we can. I'm in. Dana White needs to hire us uh, as, you know, research for his new slap oh my God. empire. Did you see the slap fighter that that tested positive for cocaine and got suspended Stop. for nine months? Mm-hmm. Listen, nine I would, months. I would never let cocaine come between me and my slap fighting. Like, I thought, I thought that was a requirement. I can't believe they're not allowed to do that. Nine months is an ambitious uh, ban for that sport, I would say. I'm going to be fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I I, didn't know that they were drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> I assume they weren't. If you did, you never would have given that guy that coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if I, I mean, aren't they all on coke? <laughs> I, just I, thought imagine, right? I thought that's it's what the not. powder they were putting their <laughs> putting on their hands was just numb their no, hands I'm up. Joking. i know that the uh commission was overseen it all it's sanctioned but i mean how do you anyways i think luke thomas had a pretty funny tweet uh today that said 
something about I'm really sick of MMA media telling me about the cocaine use of a slap fight or something like that. It was really funny. The tweet was funny. All right, guys. Well, we are about, uh, I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes or so in. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. It's snowy here, so we're gonna go sledding and gotta tend to my chickens. So we'll go tend to my chickens and uh we appreciate you guys. I'm I don't know when Michael's gonna be back, but I'm assuming that we're gonna figure out his connection issue. Um if not, stuck with me and Harrington and Brian again on Monday. So good luck, everyone be safe, have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the other side.